0: You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we've returned here with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire. Have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft? Don't miss Locked on Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern, streaming on the Locked on NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live or submit them ahead of time to at Locked on Network on Twitter. And we return here. It is a Monday edition episode, beginning of the week here. Another week of Ravens football talk, but this week... Boy, do we have a lot to talk about. The Ravens finishing up their first preseason action of 2021, defeating the New Orleans Saints by the final score of 17-14. No, this was not a loss. It did not look promising early, but this team came back and, and they got the victory there. 18th straight preseason victory. And this was a really good win for the Ravens. Obviously, in the grand scheme of things, look, preseason wins and losses don't really mean anything. But it gives the players... And the coaches and everybody, just the ability to gauge how these players are doing, how they're performing on the field, you know, gives players some notes. Oh, I did this well, I did this not well. There were a lot of players who improved their stock. There were some players also who saw their stock kind of fall. So today, I do want to get into everything relating to this game. It's a big talking point. We're now back. Ravens football is back. We had that first game. So in the second and third segments, I'll get into more of a, you know, unit-by-unit breakdown in terms of offense in the second segment, defense in the third segment, just kind of walking through those things. But here in the first segment, I do want to just get into a general review of just how this game went. Because in terms of team stats, in terms of just how it flowed, because again, in the first half, things weren't going so well for the offense. The defense played pretty well throughout the entire game. They did have some plays that didn't go too well. But I mean, look, spoiler alert, six turnovers, right? That's a pretty good defensive performance, in my opinion. So we'll talk about that in the first segment. So let's not get into any more of that. Let's dive right in. But before we do that, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere there's a podcast. We're there Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnRavens and my personal account at kostriker thirty four. So with all that being said, let's dive into it here, and let's start off with just the general game notes from this one. Again, the Ravens winning 17-14 in the preseason at home, M&T Bank Stadium rocking with fans for the first time in a very long time, a very good sight to see there. I mean, overall though, I think this was a struggle to start the game, especially on offense. On defense, great start. The opening drive for the Saints did end in a forced fumble by Malik Harrison, and Broderick Washington was in on that play too, so kind of a tag team duo thing there by them, but Malik Harrison does get credit for the fumble. He made a great play. The offense gets the ball back, three and out. Then the Saints throw an interception on a three-play drive, so the defense gets the ball back again. Then the Ravens lose the ball on down. They go for it on fourth and short. They do not get it. The Saints punt the ball back to the Ravens, then the Ravens go 3 and out on offense. The Saints, on the first player of their next drive, have a fumble. So this defense keeps giving the Ravens the ball back, but the offense just can't really do anything with it. And we'll get into this more in the second segment, but the first half offensive line, I don't know a nice way to put it. I'm going to try <laughs> to put it in a nice way. They were atrocious, and that is putting it nicely. It, it was not a good day for the offensive line. It was... A little concerning, and again, we'll talk about it in the second segment, but part of the reason why the Ravens weren't moving the football on offense was because Trace McSorley just did not have time to stand in the pocket and go through his reads. J.K. Dobbins, who started this game off, did not have the holes to cut through or do anything. He was getting stopped in the backfield because guys were in the backfield before the ball's getting handed off to him. So it was that kind of stuff. Same thing with Justice Hill, too. So, the Ravens do get a field goal because of their field position. It was a four-play drive for them, but it was negative three yards. So, another three and out results in a field goal, which, you know, luckily the Ravens had good field position. They got the ball at the New Orleans 35. But, the Saints come back, they score a touchdown, then the Ravens go 13 plays, get a field goal. That was a good drive by the Ravens' offense. They found some momentum. It was nice. It, It was all in all... Not a great first half for the offense. The defense gave up a touchdown to the Saints on a 7-play, 80-yard drive. You know, th- that's going to happen in the preseason. The Ravens, I do want to make it clear, the Ravens on offense at least, they had a lot of guys out on the offensive line. Ronnie Stanley, Ben Cleveland, Kevin Zeitler, Bradley Bozeman left the game early with an ankle injury. You also have Lamar Jackson not playing, Gus Edwards not playing, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman obviously, Sammy Watkins, Miles Boykin and Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, so there are a lot of offensive starters who weren't playing on defense. The Ravens gave a lot of their guys a little bit of a run, at least a series or two, for most of their starters, like Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Deshaun Elliott, those types of guys. The Ravens did not play Clays Campbell. They did not play Justin Houston, which, I mean, makes sense, right? They didn't play Brandon Williams either. That makes sense to me. So I think some overreactions have come into play, I mean, especially with the offensive line. The offensive line that was shown to the world in week one on Saturday, that's not the offensive line that's going to be shown to the world in week one of the regular season on Monday night against the Las Vegas Raiders. So there's a little solace in that, but the Ravens, they they do have a better second half performance. The offense does move the ball a bit better. The defense continues their strong play. Overall, the Ravens ended up mustering 350 total yards of offense compared to the Saints 366. The Saints were able to move the ball. But the Ravens defense, we've talked about it before, it's that bend-don't break unit, which works as long as the Saints are kicking field goals or not scoring a lot of touchdowns, or the Ravens are forcing turnovers on defense. The Ravens will give up those yards ten out of ten times, or I guess ten yards out of ten yards. But anyway, the Ravens ended up going seven of sixteen on third down. They held the Saints to five of eleven on third down defensively. I mean, it, w- it was a good game. The Ravens go one for three in the red zone. You know, you'd like to see that number. Two for three, ideally. The Saints were two for three, so that's probably what you want to see. The Ravens also nine penalties for 70 yards. One of those a uh, costly taunting penalty on Chris Westry. This new taunting rule is going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be tough for a lot of players to go through and just seemingly get the ability to hold down their emotions, which shouldn't be a thing at all. The players should be able to express their emotions and go out there and play the game with the high-level energy that they should display on the field, that they want to display on the field. So, I mean, all that aside, the Ravens get the win. They only average 4.4 yards per play, which isn't terrible, isn't great. The Saints average 6 yards per play, so just putting that a bit in perspective... The Ravens also controlled the time of possession battle, and if you've been here on Lockdown Ravens, you know how we talk about the time of possession battle on this show, 33 minutes and 20 seconds for the Ravens, 26 minutes and 40 seconds for the Saints, so the Ravens getting back into that, hey, we're going to control the clock, we're going to make you play our game, we're not going to fall into your trap of playing your game, so good in that sense, it was good to also see the Ravens not have a sense of urgency, I don't know if that's what I'd call it. But they were trying to get all their players involved in some way, shape, or form. You know, their offense, their preseason offense at least, it's going to be very vanilla. It was very vanilla. A lot of under center stuff we saw. Not a, not any RPOs or anything crazy like that. It was, it was mostly just, hey, we're going to under center and see what happens. The Ravens don't usually do a ton of under center. And honestly, it's going to be interesting to see how they end up going about that during the regular season. But at the end of the day, I mean, you have a team that wasn't working with a lot of their offensive starters. Their defensive starters only played a couple series before and before getting rested, which should have been the case. But we saw young guys step up all over the place on offense, on defense in particular, young secondary stars like Sean Wade Adarius Darius Washington, Geno Stone, Brandon Stevens, Patrick Queen, and Malik Harrison, linebackers who stepped up, the rookies at Afe Owe and Dalen Hayes, Jalen Ferguson, we'll get into all those guys in the third segment, but It wasn't all, I'm not trying to make this sound like it was a bad game and like, you know, the offense was at fault and then all 17 points, that's terrible. They got the win. If this was the regular season, the Ravens would be 1-0 in the regular season. That's all that would have mattered. But at the end of the day, some things do have to get cleaned up a little bit. The offensive line definitely in particular. The defense was solid for the most part. They did give up some chunk plays, especially on the ground. We saw some edge contains kind of be passed off in some confusion, but this is the first preseason game. I expect that kind of stuff. You rather work out the kinks now in the preseason instead of during the regular season. A lot of the guys who played on Saturday unfortunately most likely won't be with the team it might be practice squad or just cut overall maybe they go to other teams so this wasn't the fully finished Ravens product or anything it's not like Lamar Jackson came in and threw three interceptions or anything that's not what happened the offensive line struggled Trace McSorley struggled to get a lot of things going in the first half Tyler Huntley came in gets the offense rolling a bit, not necessarily to the tune of a ton of points. They didn't score until the fourth quarter in the second half with Huntley, and that was only eight. They only scored eight total points. There were only eight points scored total in the second half in general, and that was the Ravens. The defense shut out the Saints for three quarters. It was the second quarter where the Saints ended up scoring their two touchdowns. So, I'm not worried. This was a game where we saw a lot of good things and we'll continue to get into those things as the week goes on and as this episode goes on. So let's head into our first break now. But when we return, we'll be getting into the offense, diving into that unit a bit more. So stay tuned for that and we'll be right back. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can check all the action at bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out other sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep further on to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And we've returned here with our second segment of this Monday edition of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostryker is still here with you. And now we're going to be getting into the offensive unit's performance, diving a little more deeper into that in the Ravens' 17-14 preseason victory against New Orleans Saints in that preseason opener for the 2021 preseason. So... I do want to get into a bit more of individual performances in this segment. I know in the first time we kind of talked about those team stats and team performances. So the big battle that a lot of people were watching, especially with quarterback Lamar Jackson not suiting up in this one, was Trace McSorley versus Tyler Huntley. That was the backup quarterback battle. And honestly, in my opinion, I think... That the Ravens are probably going to keep two guys instead of three at that position. I know, I know the past couple seasons it's been, all right, yeah, we're going to keep three guys just in case, and that's what the Ravens have done. But this year, I think just... With the depth that the team has, they're going to have to let one of these talented guys go. Trace McSorley starts the first half. I kind of alluded to it. In the first segment, he struggled to get a lot of stuff going. Finish 11 of 18 for 86 yards through an interception on a pretty badly overthrown ball towards the end of the first half. He also contributed four carries for 25 yards. And, you know, I'm not going to blame all of this on McSorley, but his stock definitely did drop a little bit, especially because of the way Tyler Huntley played, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. McSorley did not have a lot of time to throw in the pocket. He also was dealing with back spasms, according to John Harbaugh, so his back was a little messed up. So we're going to see a little bit more out of him, hopefully, behind a better offensive line in the coming weeks. But, you know, there were some passes that weren't accurate. Obviously, the interception being one of those, and... It just seems to me that Tyler Huntley is the better fit to run this offense. He has the better skill set, the better athletic traits. That's not saying McSorley is a bad quarterback, but the way that this Ravens offense is and how it's been built for Lamar Jackson, it should be built for your star quarterback. You know, Then you have to bring in players who can run that offense to pretty much perfection if that star were to go down. And it seemed like, again, the vanilla offense was kind of out in that first half. The Ravens weren't really doing anything super special. They were pulling, they were doing this, doing that, but it wasn't anything crazy. And then in the second half with Tyler Huntley, you just saw the explosion. It wasn't necessarily that the game was being called completely different but Tyler Huntley was doing more with the plays. He was able to escape and make something out of nothing. He had good throws, did make a couple of bad decisions. It wasn't all perfect for Tyler Huntley. He finished 12 of 16 for 79 yards through the air and also had seven carries for 43 yards and a touchdown. One of those bad decisions was kind of rolling out and not protecting the football, not really throwing it away, not really making a decision and getting crunched and fumbling the football the Saints recover and John Harbaugh gave that little finger wag. He's like, "Come here, come here Tyler Huntley and and he had a conversation with him about it. But it just seemed like the offense was more electric. And so I get that feeling that Huntley again is better fit to run this offense and if that's the case I think that's a pretty easy decision in terms of who you keep. It's not that McSorley couldn't run this offense if asked, and there's still a couple of weeks to go where McSorley can prove that he is the guy. But this is through one preseason game that I think Tyler Huntley has kind of separated himself, pulled ahead in that backup quarterback battle. So I'm saying stock up for Tyler Huntley and stock down for Trace McSorley. In the running back room, I think we have a competition on our hands, though, and that's not talking about J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards. It's talking about Justice Hill. Justice Hill, you know, not someone that I initially anticipated being on the roster bubble, but honestly, I might now. I mean, for Hill, he finished with five carries for eight yards. That is a 1.6 yards per carry average, not great. He also caught one pass for four yards, but his competition in Tyson Williams and Nate McCrary both had great games. Williams finished with 10 carries for 41 yards, and McCrary had five carries for 31 yards. So it's something where the Ravens are going to have to balance this out because I do not see them keeping four running backs. That is just too much this year, I think, So with Hill, you know, he didn't look as powerful, as explosive, as shifty as I'd seen him in the past. And maybe, again, this was just because the offensive line was so horrid, which it was, and we'll get into that, because that's really the final piece I want to talk about on the offense, and it'll be a big one. But again, Tyson Williams made the most out of his carries. We saw him have good acceleration, good burst, good cutting ability, cutting across the field, being able to run away from defenders, good power as well. McCreary kind of the same thing, you know, put his head down, got some yards. We saw Williams churn for some extra yards, too. One play in particular that stood out to me was Tyree Phillips completely whiffed on his block. He just was not aware of where his defender was. And Williams gets stuffed at the line, and he ends up churning and getting the first down. I think it was a third and two, it was third and short and that's a play for me that really stood out, and McCrary had a couple of nice ones as well, so honestly, I'm staying stocked down for Justice Hill, honestly, to the point where right now, he might be off the 53-man roster for me, and this is only one preseason game, so again, there will be some overreactions, I'm not saying that Hill is automatically done, he's cut, he's he's awful, because he's not, he's a good player, but I still think that Williams did enough to elevate himself, at least into the conversation, and McCrary as well, for that third running back spot. The receivers didn't really do anything special because the quarterbacks struggled in that area a little bit. It was a lot of short things. The highest yards per catch average was Jalen Moore, who had two receptions for 32 yards. But other than that, you know, Devin Duvernay had four for 28. Tyson Williams, five for 23. Benjamin Victor, two for 22. Josh Oliver, four for 22. Devin Gray had one for 11. Eli Wolf, two for nine. James Perche, one for eight. So it was kind of those high catch totals a little bit, but low yardage plays, so, not a huge day from the receivers, really, but this offensive line, let's let's talk about this offensive line. It was not a pretty sight to watch this offensive line throughout the entire game. Now, I will say they got better in the second half. The first string offensive line, and I'm going to put that in quotes, you know, first string, because it really wasn't the first string. The Ravens, by the end of the game, had four of their five guys out because Bradley Bozeman was... Injured, or he got injured with an ankle injury. John Harbaugh did say that it, it should be minor, nothing serious, but by the end of that, really only and Villanueva got any sort of run, and Bradley Bozeman, until they got injured, got that run as well. They were missing Ronnie Stanley, Kevin Zeitler, Ben Cleveland. Now, Cleveland has not locked up that left guard job, but after what I saw, I mean, I personally do not think Tyree Phillips is ready to start still. I, I just didn't see it on Saturday. I think. He still has a long way to go, not saying he can't put it together, but right now, I am not trusting him until I see something a bit better out of him, and maybe he shows that over the next couple of weeks. Again, still a long way to go before week one of this regular season, but for me, Phillips is not the answer. I think I'd probably narrow it down to Powers and Cleveland, and we'll see what Cleveland ends up doing. He's had some struggles in the past game with his past set, so I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening, but really... It was tough because the offensive line could not get any push in the run game. They're getting bullied off the snap. They could not keep Trace McSorley in the pocket in the first half. Tyler Huntley was only able to make some of the plays he made because four guys were in his face two seconds into a play and he had to get out of there. And there were some impressive plays to get out of there, that escapability I mentioned. But overall, it was just a lot of, was it rustiness? Was it just pure poor play? Probably a little of both. I don't really know what else to say besides that. It was just a really rough performance overall for a group that let's say that you know you have your five. Let's let's call it Stanley, Cleveland, Bozeman, Zeitler, and Villanueva. Let's say, and hopefully not. I'm knocking on wood that the, that group, that unit, and whoever starts can stay healthy for a full 16 games and play well. But let's say that Ronnie Stanley can't go for one week or ben cleveland is out for multiple weeks or kevin zeitler has to rest up for a month who steps into those roles it's the guys who are playing in the first couple series on saturday and that's a bit of the issue for me it is the ravens have a lot of depth a lot of potential with that depth but have they realized that potential yet it didn't look like it in the preseason game so Hopefully they'll get coached up. You know, Joe D'Alessandres, who is the offensive line coach in Baltimore, great coach, really well-respected, really gets the best out of his guys. But, you know, there's not a lot that they can do right now because they've been shuffling so much throughout training camp that guys just haven't gotten familiar with each other Guys where Ben Powers was out playing tackle in this game. I mean, they were really shifting everybody everywhere. And so that's why it's so important for me to have the Ravens get their offensive line back healthy as soon as possible, at least their starters, so they can get gelled up with each other because they're going to have, by the end of last season, that Buffalo game, four new starters on that offensive line with Stanley, Cleveland, Zeitler, and Villanueva. And of course, that is assuming Cleveland does get the job. That's not certain yet. But they're going to have to work up and work up that chemistry, whereas offensive lines that are healthy right now have had two, three weeks to do that. You know, they've had OTAs and whatever to do that. So it's going to be important for the Ravens to get that situated and get that started. but it's it's also a balance because you're not going to rush them back, and I don't want them to rush them back. that's the that's the wrong decision. So, at the end of the day, the offense, you know, that they performed better in the second half. Some definite flashes from people. Josh Oliver flashed at a receiver. Jalen Moore also made a couple plays as well. Tyler Wallace almost had a great play on a Tyler Huntley escape play where he just needed to get another foot in and it would have been a top 10 highlight. So, the offensive line does need to improve. Definitely stock up, stock down candidates, but... There are some things to work on and hopefully improve for this next week's preseason game that's coming up on Saturday against the Carolina Panthers, but we're going to head into our final break now, and when we return, we'll be diving a bit deeper into the Ravens' dominant defensive performance in week one of the preseason, so stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite Bilt Bar flavor? Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors, including coconut, cherry, mint brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel? Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Wind around from pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on and they would you hear about us Box so they know we sent you amazing selection or live below prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com And we return here with our final segment of this Monday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostryker, your host, still here with you. And now we're going to dive into the defensive performance for this Baltimore Ravens team. The Ravens beating the Saints 17-14 in week one of the 2021 preseason. And I mean, we can't, not talk about this defense and not mention the turnovers because this team turnover machine if the ravens were to average as many turnovers as they got in this game over the course of the entire 17 game regular season in 2021 they'd have 102 turnovers by the time the season ended they forced six of them six turnovers on the saints first four drives they forced three turnovers This was a unit that was hungry, getting to the ball, very aggressive. And look, yes, they were playing some of their starters. Actually, revise that. They were playing most of their starters for at least a series or two. You know, it wasn't like they played the entire first half or the entire first quarter, but they were out there and it showed. Now, the good part and the thing that's encouraging to me is that the play didn't really drop off too significantly after the starters went out. It still was, from start to finish a very good turnover performance by this team. From literally the first possession to the last possession that the Ravens had on defense, they were forcing turnovers. The first possession, a Malik Harrison forced fumble. Deshaun Elliott recovers it. Second turnover was a Geno Stone interception. Third turnover, Justin Matabuke forced fumble. Fourth turnover, Geno Stone second interception of the night. Fifth turnover Ardarius Darius Washington forced fumble and sixth turnover, Sean Wade wrapping up the game, putting the bow on it with an interception. I was very impressed with a lot of players on defense there. Weren't really any that I felt disappointed with. Justin Ellis didn't really get a ton of run, didn't really do much when he was out there. I thought Broderick Washington really did outplay him. The other guy was Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters took a couple risks, took a couple gambles, and those are the types of things that you have to deal with with Marcus Peters. A very high football IQ player, very instinctual, one of the best corners in the NFL, but he will get beat. Guys will get around him and get behind him because he's going to take risks to pick off a pass that he thinks is going to be in the underneath or in the flat or whatever. He sometimes lets his guy go because he thinks he knows what the quarterback is doing. And sometimes he he really does. I mean, that Texans play in Week 2 where he picks off Deshaun Watson. I mean, that was one of the best instinctual football plays I've seen. But other times, the quarterback doesn't throw that way. Peters lets his guy get behind him and, you know, the rest is history there. So, Peters had a couple of plays like that, nothing to be concerned about. But, you know, in terms of bad plays, they did happen and I'm not going to not talk about them. So, that's what happened there. But overall, I do want to talk about and hit on a couple of key players for me who really increased their stock because, There were a lot of them, and, you know, this episode might be a bit longer than usual. Maybe it won't, but it could be a bit longer than usual if I talked about every single guy in extreme, extreme detail, but we're going to try to get to all of them here. Let's start off with Patrick Queen. I mean, Patrick Queen, and even we'll throw Malik Harrison's name in there too, the two second-year linebackers expected to take on huge roles in 2021. I mean, look, those two stepped up to the plate in this game. Patrick Queen in particular looked fast. He looked confident. He looked relaxed out there, and Queen said that in an interview, and was just kind of like, yeah, I feel relaxed, I feel confident. Queen didn't really have a full offseason to prepare, none of the 2020 draft class really did, and so coming into the NFL, that was tough, because it's a very big change from the college game. So Queen, four total tackles, had a really nice back-to-back sequence, chasing down a screen and recognizing it and getting out there. And also the next play, sacking Taysom Hill. And just seemed confident, really doing a lot of good things out there. Harrison had that forced fumble. He also finished with four total tackles. So good stuff by both of them for sure. Another linebacker, Chris Board, also had four tackles. Brochick Washington, I mentioned. He was all over, it seemed like, on the defensive line, really wreaking havoc in there. Only had two tackles credited to him in the box score but was still able to do a lot. He was in there on Malik Harrison's forced fumble, and honestly, I was pleasantly surprised. I don't know how much I was expecting out of Broderick Washington, but he certainly did step up to the plate in my opinion. Other than that, I do want to talk about the outside linebackers and the secondary. The outside linebackers, the rookies, Adafi Owe and Dalen Hayes both had good games. Owe himself, what a versatile player. I mean, He got to Jameis Winston on a really nice play where he got around the offensive lineman. Didn't finish Winston, though. He ended up missing the tackle, but his teammates cleaned it up in Brandon Stevens and Chris Smith. And also, Dalen Hayes, I mean, he had a really nice move to duck under an offensive lineman, generate a quarterback pressure there. But going back to Owe, he played gunner on special teams. He was dropping back into coverage on players like Tom Montgomery. He was doing everything out there. And yes, there is still a lot to work on with both these players. I mean, there's still a lot to work on with a lot of these guys. That's what the preseason is for. But being able to see that stuff, work on it in practice, this was a really good performance by both players. Also, another outside linebacker who really helped himself was Jalen Ferguson. Ferguson is someone who I have projected to be off of the 53-man roster, but he started off his preseason with a bang, and he might force the Ravens to keep six edge guys if he continues to perform like that, because he was all over. He had a great game from start to finish, really consistent, finished the game himself with four tackles. He had half a sack. He had you know a quarterback hit, obviously, in there as well, but... He, he was all over the place. He looked confident. He looked like he was having fun as well. There were a couple plays where he misdiagnosed things, went the wrong way on a run I saw early in the game, but he really had a consistent performance, and his performance, I think, will help his roster standing immensely when it comes down to it, and hopefully he can build off of that. But finally, talking about the secondary, I mean, this secondary is so loaded from top to bottom. The Ravens are going to have some tough decisions to make. You know, It, it will be one or two guys who will not make this team who 100% should make this team. I talked about Geno Stone and his two interceptions, Ardarius Washington, his forced fumble, Sean Wade, his interception. I think Wade is safe. I think, you know, because he was a fifth round draft pick, the Ravens don't really give up on their rookies that easily. But looking at... Both Ardarius Washington and Geno Stone. I think it's gonna come down to one roster spot between the two, and I've been saying that for the past couple of months, even before this game. Both played very, very well, but honestly, if I have to give the edge to somebody, it's gonna to be to Ardarius Washington right now. Geno Stone had a great game, but you know the, the interceptions look great on paper. His second one in particular, he runs over from center field and is in the right place at the right time. His first one also, he dives for that ball. Good, good plays by him, but. Ardarius Washington, I think, made more of an overall impact. He played in the nickel. He showed his versatility. He's 5'8", and he's hitting like he's 6'4". You know, he's he's a very physical player and seemed to make those plays and hunt out those plays. And, and I don't know, it's something like that where Stone's interceptions will look better on the box score, where Ardarius Washington definitely, I think, showed up more on the film to me in general but that's not discounting what either of them did. Also, Brandon Stevens led this team with seven tackles. He had half a sack and that quarterback hit in there as well. He was all over the place. I mean, he was coming up off of blitzes and really putting pressure on quarterbacks. I I thought he did a great job at that. So at the end of the day, this Ravens defense dominated this game. Again, they did give up two touchdowns in the second quarter, but they weren't really allowing the Saints to get anything done on the offensive side of the ball, and it seems like just a very consistent overall performance. So I'm pleased with this game. You know, again, the preseason win, they pick it up with that 17-14 to win, I think there's going to be a lot to dive into throughout the course of this next week here, and obviously the Ravens heading to Carolina for joint practices with the Panthers, and then they'll play those Carolina Panthers on Saturday, and it'll be a good game. Hopefully you guys can continue to build on their performances, and some guys, like the entire offensive line, can improve and also get some guys back healthy. That's all that I have for you today, but when we get back here tomorrow, we'll be diving into more Ravens talk, continuing to break down the Ravens preseason win, so stay tuned for that, and I will see you tomorrow.